A little while back, uh, we interviewed or chatted with Erin Rolfs at LSU Press, and uh, we spent some time chatting about marketing and the future of those kind of things. And it got me to thinking that this was a really interesting idea. And so I uh, reached out to another person who I think has some really great marketing ideas and strategies and thoughts. Uh, and that's Rosemary Sakura at the University of Nebraska Press. She's the publicity manager there. And so in this episode, um, the two of us just kind of riff on all things marketing and publicity. So uh, enjoy. Well, hi, Rosemary. Thank you for joining us. Hi. Yes. Thanks for having me. So I thought we would do um, a little, uh, you know, dive into general marketing and publicity stuff and kind of, you know, use some trigger keyword type approach that we've sent to each other just to kind of see where where things take us and, you know, what our thoughts are on marketing and publicity now and in the future. Sound good? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, I will uh, give you the privilege of going first. So I'll ask you uh, what you think the future of publicity is. Um, the future of publicity. Well, I think uh, an important thing um, that I think about a lot is uh, the fact that there is a future for publicity. I don't think it is something that um, will ever really go away um, in books and in general. I think, especially now, the you know now more than ever, needs people that um, understand communication and how to communicate with others, no matter what that message is. Um, I'd like to think that we could always use our powers for uh, the betterment of society, but that's never going to be always true. Um, but in terms of, of books, I would like to see publicity for books um, just grow and uh, change into something that's um, you know better and uh, bigger, bigger and better, I guess, in the future. <laughs> Do you see it? Um, you know, some places... I think view publicity as a standalone department. Some view it as part of, you know, um, the general marketing program. Some view it as like uh, different forms of quote unquote media, whether that's paid or earned or shared or um, yeah. I mean, where do you see it fitting in, or do you see it as something standalone but complementary? I mean, I, I think it can be both. I think it has the capability and the importance to stand alone in almost all situations, but I think it also just solely depends on um, the press and the size and the people you have and the amount of um, books you have and what you have to work with because I think it's pretty clear that in the university press world, at least on our part of the industry, um, the same thing isn't going to work necessarily for a press with 10 books a season or a press with 60 books a season. Right. Um, obviously, there are some, some threads and things that go through to all sizes um, of presses, but there's always a way to um, tailor a department to meet the needs of, of that press. So. Right. So I didn't give you a straight answer. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the nature of marketing? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's I think that's fair. I, I I'm I think you know that I mean I I see it as like really integral to 
a marketing department, but I've also just been kind of like intrigued lately with this idea of um, publicity. So in other words, um, uh, shared media to a degree and earned media to a degree being like this trigger point um, that really pushes, you know, uh, the advertising pushes the uh, self-created content push, you know, all these kind of things. I just, it's, it's really, I don't know, I, I guess I'm beginning to think of publicity as even more central than I ever did even before. So, yeah. But yeah, right. and I think I think to kind of go along with that, I think the the things that you know a publicist um, should possess and their qualities and their talents, I think, can be applied to multiple things and multiple areas of marketing. So I don't think it should just be you know one um, standalone traditional sense of a book publicist, but I think they could really take their um, communication skills and use them to a much wider degree um, within the press. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. You've got something for me? Yes. Well, we, uh, I'll keep it the same. Um, <laughs> so I would like to ask you, or state, I guess, uh, what you see the marketing department in 10 years. Yeah, and, I, and and what I mean, I don't mean people necessarily or even positions. Mm. Just what you see when you think of marketing in ten years. Hmm, that, that's an interesting qualification because I guess I was definitely thinking, in some <laughs> in some ways, personnel because I've just kind of been going through like, you know, shifting uh, the Cornell Press uh, marketing department's roles and responsibilities. But where I see it more generally. Um, I, it's a really good question. I don't know. It's. Um, I think it slightly depends on what university presses develop into and become, right? I mean, uh, there if if at some point consolidation occurs in the university press world, which I'm not saying it will or won't, just like if it does, and we have less presses than we currently have, and you're looking for scalability and savings and efficiencies and things like that, then, I don't know, maybe marketing departments uh, big, you know, take on far more work than they currently do, which, which in a way means you have to then specialize down uh, to, you know, on a much um, more specific level of books, right? You can't necessarily market across a whole uh, presses list because you're just not going to have the, the time and the people, which is already a, an issue. But if we become bigger in order to avoid uh, going out of business, say, then, you know, how do we deal with that size and that scalability? The other question I think that comes into mind is, and it's something I think we might talk about separately, but what if the university press world really moves down the open access uh, model because that's really going to change how our marketing team functions as well. Um, right. You know, uh, we're all, there's a, not all, but there's a, you know, there's a lot of presses who believe that journals will have some more functionality for us um, beyond the sort of, you know, classic presses that already publish journals. Um, so how's that going to change marketing? Will marketing split into two, like you guys have at Nebraska, where you've got, journals marketing and book marketing or will you take on more 
data analysis type of people in order to deal with you know chapter by chapter sales and um, article sales and non-complete book sales I think those are all interesting things and then what happens if the book itself changes right so what happens if uh, the classic model of promotion and tenure that we've produced mission-based books for for so long, what if that changes? And what if promotion and tenure doesn't require the same physical format book anymore? Then how do we market that? Are we marketing? You know, I, so I think there's a the next 10 years, probably just as any 10 years, but I do think the next 10 years are really fascinating because I think university presses could shift dramatically in not just who we are, but what we produce and, and therefore market and sell. So I gave you a wishy-washy answer in response. <laughs> well, I think um, I think it's, yeah, I did that on purpose, one, because mm. I know you are easily tricked down into rabbit holes. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but also I just think it's an interesting thing to think about um, in terms of our industry, because a lot of other industries in this world marketing plays a very substantial, big role and has a lot of money to mm -hmm. spend and yeah. be quirky and do all sorts of these, you know, cool advertising things and, <laughs> and really make a brand. Um, but books are obviously very different. Um, so there's, there's kind of a, a unique side to what we do and the placement that we're in. And, in, you know, depending on how you, define what is marketing I think mm -hmm. maybe in 10 years we won't necessarily have marketing departments there'll right. be public relation departments or author relation departments or Interesting. Um, maybe a communication department and a sales department um, I don't know I don't know how you can market your product and not have any money to do so yeah. so that's, that's no that's of, really I wonder what what will happen that's really fascinating I mean do you think that um do you think that marketing departments will take on or could take on uh an acquiring role and by that I mean not to take away from what acquisitions editors are doing but to look for different types of content that might not fit within the traditional realm of what a university press acquiring editor is doing, right? Like, right, right. is that something that could happen or is that, I mean, going the wrong way because, yeah. Um, I think, I think that's a question for another podcast. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. We'll leave, we'll leave that there. Um, and so we're in between uh, the classic pub trip times uh, of the year, but you, I'm sure you're already beginning to think that about the uh, the one in probably early May or whenever it is. Um, so I just throw the words to you, pub trip, and what do you have in response? Um, my immediate response is um, to do more. Hmm. I, um, it's a really, it's a cool, unique thing, um, that, you know, publicity managers, publicists, whoever, um, get to do and get to go out and talk to people in the real world and <laughs> get away from the press and kind of see, um, what people are interested in. And I think a lot of presses probably use it in a pretty traditional way. I know we do it in Nebraska, you know, you meet with 
book editors of various places and then, you know, try to throw in a couple quirky um, different contacts who maybe you don't meet with every season because not every season, you know, you have a fishing memoir or whatever mm-hmm. it might be. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I would like to expand it and I would, I would love to visit more um, like event coordinators at different venues and bookstores, hmm. see more authors in person when you can, um, expand the media list. I would love to meet with more TV people, but um, it's really hard if you don't live, hmm. uh, you know, in, in New York, essentially. Um, and see, we see other um, publishers have some other, you know, peer-on-peer conversations and, and do kind of the, um, you know, annual conference thing but in a more condensed one-on-one setting which i've i've tried different versions of all of that and Mm. it's it's a lot of work so it's (laughs) kind of a you have to be dedicated and and really want to do it but um, it's it's like anything else it's making relationships and to make those things work you know you have to see these people um in person not everything can be uh online right Interesting. I mean, the it falls into line with your future of publicity, right? The expansion, the growing, become something more. Um, I mean, I like the. I, I'm intrigued by the idea of like meeting with event coordinators and setting up other non-traditional and media and author type things and pushing it outside yeah. of just like the New York Times, right? Right, and I and you know we have um, various sales reps. Um, and they're, they're doing part of that, but, you know, they're also not setting up um, individual author events as right. we are in publicity. So I think it, you know, it makes a little bit of a difference if someone, you know, remembers, oh, yeah, I met her in, in December and, you know, she bought some books from us and talked about this author. And, you know, it's making those connections where sometimes a rep, I mean, they have so much, so much to do and so much to sell that they there's no way they could do that um, for all their clients. Right. So. Hmm. All right. Cool. What's next for me? Um, well, conveniently, since I've already mentioned sales reps, um, I will say sales conference with the reps. So anybody's going to think listening to this that we've like got all this planned out, but it really isn't. It's just how it's falling together nicely. Um, <laughs> Sales conference with the reps, huh, yeah, I, uh, I don't know, this is one where, like, you know. Well, you said trigger words. Yeah, so. I know, I know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm triggered in many ways, I'm just trying to think about how, what I should say, no. Um, I think they, the sales conferences have a role to play that is probably underappreciated still. Um, we all still have sales reps in a sort of, you know, one sense or another, a traditional manner. And, um, despite the recent, uh, decline of bookstores, there is now a, a, you know, again, a sort of resurgence. And so maybe, uh, sales reps, you know, are having a bigger role to play. I think what's most probably interesting for the next few years is how, electronic discoverability and by that I mean any online system whether that's a website database whatever right Edelweiss whatever it is um, how that how those tools are going to be used by 
sales reps and by bookstores to come together and buy and sell more of our books. Um, and then what role we play in that as a marketing team, you know, what, uh, how robust in our metadata is, what metadata we provide to them um, that isn't necessarily Onyx driven, but is like ex uh, in addition to the standard Onyx. I mean, are there things, you know, you mentioned like meeting with event coordinators, are there going to be ways to tie that information into uh, sales conferences and then when the reps go out to do their rounds, either by phone or by, uh, you know, uh, in physical presence, are those kind of things going to play a, a role? And so I think, I think it's easy to say, uh, you know, sales conference, the, the easy answer is probably sales conferences have a short lifespan ahead of us. Um, by which they're going to eventually, uh, you know, go away, and we'll just do everything by telephone and by you know go to meeting and whatever. Um, but I think they probably can be more than that if we push them to be. And you know, you just mentioned as well the idea of face the the physical meeting, right? The face to face meeting. It does have a benefit. So I think, yeah, I, I rather than looking at them as potentially a dying thing, I would say let's look at ways we can make more take more advantage of them right so when you um do your meeting what kinds of information um or things do you pre present to them i mean are, are you simply just saying here's our books have at it this is what they're about or do you kind of bring another element to it um, it's probably a combination of both. It's pick and choose depending on the title, probably. But um, I'm I'm trying to provide more than here's the book, have at it, but not in a narrative. This is what the book is about sense, but more in a this is how you might sell it sense, right? That like the, here's here's what I think your audience is for this book, whether that's geographical or um, uh, you know, demographic. Uh, so there's that aspect. Here's also like two or three things you can use in the 20 seconds you have in front of uh, the bookseller. Um, and here's why you should push this title above, say, the other three from the university presses um, that you're also thinking about. So I'm, I'm looking for the the quirky and the unusual, but also the really useful and trying to give sales reps bullet point quote-unquote ammunition that they can use to sell that book as opposed to describing the book uh, in any kind of detail. Like I really hope that they can read the basic description in the catalog or in Edelweiss, right? But I think that might change. I don't know. That's where I'm, yeah, I think it might change as, as we start to think about you know, maybe I start giving them keywords. Maybe, um, maybe there's, uh, maybe it's worth giving them. Uh, this is this is probably crazy, but like chapter synopses. I don't know. You know, things like that. Like, maybe there are other 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 pieces of metadata we can give them that would be useful. What do you think? You've done them. Yeah. Um. I mean, I in my. Um, in a brief couple experiences doing them, I always felt like it was 
a more useful conversation when you could talk frankly about the books and the authors um, and what they really were and what works or even what doesn't because some books are just simply going to sell better than others. Yeah. Um, you know, no matter what you do, yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. the, the way it is. Yeah. Um, but uh, in, in your experience also with that, um, have you ever had uh, a sales rep say that it's a really excellent selling point, that it's uh, a well-written first book yeah. of its kind? <laughs> um, I've not actually run into that rare beast. Oh, um, nice. Well, huh. Yeah, no, I, that's... Uh, Selling points are a thing, though, right? I mean, it's you know, this is this is not perhaps something we were going to go into. And you're right; it's probably another podcast. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think selling points, they're, they're uh, another time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But no, first book on, or well researched, or uh, right. even well written, um, are not things that. I have run into with uh, sales reps as being of value to them. Things like, um, you know, uh, uncovers new expose on X. That might be useful. I don't know. You know, but like, right. yeah, right. something concrete and specific is what I always try and find. All right, enough on sales conferences. Um, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna uh, move to Facebook for you as the the trigger word. Um, <laughs> So, where does that take you? Uh, well, I think, um, you know, in recent light uh, of their new uh, their new announcement um, about how they're going to basically try to uh, manipulate isn't the right word, but, yeah, you know, they're phrasing it. Is they're going to ask certain groups of people, um, you know, what news sources are, are legit, essentially. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I think I think that's uh, you know that's obviously what comes to mind because that's what's in the news about it. Um, on a on a general sense, um, Facebook always just kind of baffles me because um, it's changed so much. Um, you know, from the very first time that it was a thing for for college students, and now it's just it's grown into this crazy beast of a thing that like you know no one could have um, predicted and it's uh i think it's interesting too because it it feels for me as a person who you know was required essentially to get it um in college and now having you know aunts and uncles and my mom and whoever else on it um just the audience that that uses it has changed so much and it provides such a crazy interesting platform for whoever to speak their mind however they wish and for people to read it and give immediate feedback i mean i guess that's more of a a social media commentary in general but um it's just it's a crazy crazy uh social network it really is (laughs) and i have a lot of feelings about it (laughs) what are you gonna you know i guess i just i kind of struggle with facebook like i really get the value of Twitter to a marketing team. And I can see the value of Instagram uh, for a very different purpose. Facebook, I struggle with, and, and it even more so, not just with the like 
the news sources, you know, as to which ones people think are legitimate, but also like this um, uh, giving more precedence to people's own family and friends in their news feed as opposed to quote unquote published content. Like what's gonna what's gonna be the value or what is and what's gonna be the value of Facebook for us as publishers? Right. I, I think it's it's one of those um, unique changes that I think will it might dramatically affect other publishers online, but in you know, in terms of the University of Nebraska Facebook page, um, I don't think it's gonna change. Hmm that much only because our reach is that much smaller i think you will see um a smaller reach or you're just going to be paying more for mm. that smaller reach hmm. um but it, it's hard to say because it changes you know they change everything so often right um yeah it's hard to come up with a, any kind of concrete strategy for it because it does change so much hmm. right uh, and I, hmm. I just it's um I, I almost feel like these types of questions kind of gradually always go into more of a philosophical <laughs> conversation because it's like, so essentially this company is more or less deciding what you see, right? Yeah. Which has been happening yeah. um, for a while and will continue to happen. And then it's just like very freaky to think about yeah. what the consequences are of that, and what we you know allow or don't allow ourselves to see or believe or read. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I know people who aren't on it anymore just because it's, it's not worth their time. It's not something they like. They don't care about it. Um, I'll have to admit, I look at it every day, but I don't post, I don't talk on it, I don't, I just scroll and see, you know, it's, now it's video, 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 everything's yeah. video content. Yeah. Um, hmm. and it, that'll change in a year, you right. know, it's, hmm. it's, it's probably, yeah, another <laughs> conversation as well. Um, yeah, I feel like we have a, a number of uh, future podcasts lined up here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know if that's... <laughs> <laughs> All right, ask, uh, me, uh, ask me a last one as well. Um, hmm. Well, I have two ideas here. Okay. I think I'm going to go with the term free books. <laughs> Did you just read my, uh, my blog post? any chance um, no it doesn't I matter don't think so <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't worry about it um yeah this has also just been on my mind uh partly because of what we were talking about with the like you know what's a marketing department in 10 years um but also because we are at cornell doing like a, a big open access thing um and so yeah it's free books and i guess you can take that in many different ways right because there's free books that is like open access but then there's also free books in terms of like uh exam copies and and review copies and special uh -huh. sales um uh copies i mean uh, copies sent for awards copies sent to exhibits for display um so I, if i split those in two and i say okay free books there's like the books we give away in order to try and develop more sales and then there's the content we give away that that's literally it like there you go have at it um so taking the first one first uh i get really worried that there is a a, a sort of a 
an injudicious use of gratis comp free copies uh, free books and in in it's like oh yeah it's free it's cheap it's really you know it's an inexpensive i mean i do believe it's the most inexpensive advertising uh, weapon we have because you know what is it you know unit cost is not very much right um at the same time if you send out thousands of them you're basically <laughs> adding it up pretty quick and nobody even considers the fact that it costs money to mail them as well so when you talk about us having limited budgets to market with and then we yeah. are literally throwing you know tens of thousands of books into the uh into the uh the into society that that no one paid for i do wonder about the value of that and maybe like thinking a more strategically about what we want to do with it as opposed to oh yeah just grab a book and give it to somebody um and yet that really kind of like contradicts as well with a little bit with how i feel about just getting content in people's hands so that they will talk about it so that they will have a conversation about it um so that's one side the other side is the the open access side of free books and how on earth you sell something that costs zero dollars um and i think this is a really interesting concept uh, you know, and not the freemium model where you use something free to get people to buy things later, because in a way that's not open access. In a way, open access is here's the free thing and away you go, as opposed to here's the free thing and then hopefully you'll buy something from us later. That's sort of like a, a, a great, that's gravy on top if you get that. But it's not the model that currently, at least I think, is being used. I don't have any answers for how to do open access marketing right now. I have just more questions than anything. Um, but hopefully those questions will lead to experimentation and, and we can kind of try and see like what does work, what doesn't work. More importantly, what are the goals at the end of it? Like what's, what's considered success? You know, when you're trying to sell something that doesn't actually directly bring money back into the press. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my like overall. When when somebody when you say free books to me, that's kind of like what I start thinking. <laughs> yeah. What about you? I mean, I know you you deal on the other side where you're like you're sending out free books a lot, right? For for media use. Yeah, free stuff for everyone. <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess I I sort of viewed it um, in a much more tangible uh, the physical book. Um, yeah. not in its online uh, open access version or mm -hmm. ebook version or what have you. Um, but I think, you know, what's what's cool about the idea of being able to give away free books is um, kind of goes back to just human, human interaction and, mm. and relationships and not really knowing who's ever um, going to end up getting this book. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we send thousands of copies of books to, I don't know, wherever, the New York Times, and they they go in a bin, and they sit there, and they get cataloged into their system, and then, you know, kind of depends what happens from there. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, you never know what, um, even if someone takes a free, uh, you know, a galley and sells it online, even though we would not like that to happen, but who's, whoever's going to by that, you know, who, who are they? And maybe they'll be interested in, in writing something about it. Yeah. Um, so I think it would be really fascinating to kind of, you know, follow some of these free books we put out in the world and, and see how many, you know, hands um, they pass through and, and who those hands belong to and, you know, 
what happens at each each stage. Give him like um, a, so, so, mm? no, I was gonna say give him like a GPS chip where he can like. <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I just I, I always think uh, maybe more um, optimistically about some of that stuff and. And kind of you, you never know. Like if I had all the money in the world, I would happily send out um, hundreds of, of galleys for mm-hmm. each trade book. Yeah. Um, just because you you never you never know. Like last year at, at Book Expo, um, we got a couple really unique, cool bloggers that picked up copies and then ended up writing about it in you know Book Riot and and Bustle and, and other things like that. And mm-hmm. I mean, you just you can't really buy that kind of stuff you know it's it's just sort of um it's almost kind of a a luck or something <laughs> yeah i think that's why i said you know I, I that's why i'm that's why i said this sort of a tear in me and that part of it does view it as a really really cheap way of potentially getting some really really good things to happen like you're talking about and i think in many ways that's that's sort of different to the like that's to me that's still targeted marketing right you're still going after a certain particular reader or audience at the end of it as opposed to i don't know you know sending out 200 finished books for review and hoping something happens as a result I, and i know they're the same thing i in in many ways but i also feel like they're slightly different so or or yeah. maybe you know speculating on 20 awards right where you end up giving away 80 books um what's the payoff from that so yeah it's weird because you you never know and at the same time you're you're basically giving away your book for nothing so right well and i think in the flip this is a very small example but a few oh gosh weeks months i don't even know um (laughs) goodreads announced uh, very, very quietly that they were going to now charge for their giveaway program. Oh. Um, so what used to be completely free, I mean, aside from mailing costs and, um, you know, mm-hmm. the, the physical book, um, Goodreads slash Amazon now gets, uh, you know, however, a couple hundred bucks um, for authors signing up to give out Jeez. their stuff for free. So obviously there's some value in it. Um for them otherwise they wouldn't well they wouldn't have slapped a price tag on it i think right. if if they couldn't see and yes oh, they're just yeah. making money off of it but you know i don't know <laughs> it would be interesting to see if they get as many as they have been yeah before. absolutely hmm. all right well i think uh that was some really fascinating stuff that's probably going to make a lot of people uh either roll their eyes or applaud <laughs> applaud wildly um so hopefully we generate some discussion out of this and uh anybody listening you know feel free to contact either of us and uh give us a hard time or agree either way but um any last thoughts rosemary before we uh wrap up oh i i don't think so (laughs) (laughs) well in that case uh i really appreciate you uh spending a little time and you know, just um, thinking about the different things that we deal with on a regular basis and thinking about what could be in terms of marketing and publicity. And, uh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, of course. You're welcome. 
Well, that was Rosemary Sakura at the University of Nebraska Press. She is the publicity manager there, and you can follow her on Twitter at R-A-Sakura, S-E-K-O-R-A. Um, you can also follow both Cornell University Press and the University of Nebraska Press on Twitter, and I encourage you to do so. And um, just for listening along, we'll give you a special discount off of Cornell's books, um, and you can use the code 09POD when you check out on our website, which is cornellpress.cornell.edu. You've been listening to 1869, the Cornell University Press Podcast.